As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Oracle Network. Look deeper. I got really excited for a hot second because like, oh, there's a there's a ping in the chat. And it was literally just me. <laughs> Welcome to All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast with a heart of gold, proudly brought to you by the Oracle Podcast Network. Uh, in today's show, we mourn the untimely death of last week's episode, which was not picked up due to technological um, screwery. Uh, but we're going to do a deeper, well, we're also going to talk a- briefly about the diamond distribution situation and then do a deeper dive into what we've been reading the past couple of days. But before we do any of that, how y'all doing? I'm doing great because I'm drinking my favorite beer. Uh, I'm actually uh, really excited right now. Because, really? Yeah, no, because um, a few weeks ago, Sharon contacted a contractor and uh, she we spent money, uh, princely sum, and now there is a deck in the backyard. Nice. Eight, uh, eight, nice. Uh, 10 by 12 foot deck and it's beautiful and it's everything i wanted in a deck and i'm really happy to have a deck and what are you calling it i'm calling it the deck of many things you can can grill out there you can do some push-ups out there you can read a book out there maybe you do some writing maybe you uh maybe you do some work from home on your deck when it's sunny out yeah we're it's pretty great we don't have a deck, but there's like a, a raised wooden platform kind of thing in our backyard. But um, it's it was old when we moved in and we haven't maintained it. So it's all kind of rotted out and stuff. It's like uh, on our list of house projects to fix eventually. I mean, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but one of my dreams is to buy a small parcel of land, maybe like on an island uh, overlooking water and just have a deck out there, a big deck. 
and that's it. Nothing else. <laughs> Maybe a big umbrella thing, so you don't get sun. You know. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, I'd put an awning on it, and maybe like have a have a space set aside so people can bring grills. I mean, you could put a grill on the deck. You don't have to have a special spot for it. Mm. You know, mm. you could also add to it a brick oven. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You're making it really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my dream. <laughs> my dream is I pull up in my RV. Apparently, I have one of those now. And you just park, and you go out, and you sit on the deck overlooking the water. And you get a little stone. I don't know. Wait, I thought you said it was an island. Yeah, it's on an like, island. It's an amphibious RV, Marty. On an island, overlooking the water, and there's a deck, Marty. And you pull up on your RV because you use the ferry boat to go over there. Oh. And then you park, and you go on your deck. You smoke your bowl. Yeah. You eat some spaghettios. Fer- I don't know. Ferry boats are not a thing that I am used to. Um, water taxis are something that I want to try, but ferries are not something I know. I heard a story uh, last week that it's one of those stories about someone being awful, but you can't kind of can't help but laugh about it. Um, so back in the '60s, there was a car uh, that was produced called the Amphicar. That was mm-hmm. a, it was an amphibious car. I've seen I've seen one of those in real life. Yeah. They only made like 4,000 of them or something like that. But one of the people that bought them was Lyndon B. Johnson. And he used to give people tours of his property. And when he was driving them around, he would go up to the top of a hill and then start screaming about the brakes failing and let the car (laughs) roll down the hill into the water. (laughs) What a magnificent bastard. Yeah. Well, speaking of bastards, I think the first, that's a good transition to talking about our first topic for the night, which would be diamond distribution. So Nick, you did some digging into this and we all have bits and pieces of the story, but what, can you bring us a little bit up to speed? All right. So uh, during the coronavirus, um, obviously diamond was overwhelmed. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to take a step back. Um, <clears throat> so there, in, in the comic book industry, there are essentially three, three pieces of the pie um you have your creative houses which are marvel uh dc dark horse uh those are your your publishers um then you have your distributors right now and by distributors i mean distributor um uh diamond uh which is literally the only uh distributor in comics right now basically uh, and has been since the 80s um and then you have your local comic book stores which are your retailers um so since the eighties, diamond has been the only distributor. It has a lockdown on the market. Um, it, it has a monopoly. Um, people have been, uh, complaining about this for over 20 years. Um, the justice department, uh, investigated them around the turn of the millennium before deciding that they just really didn't care about comics and dropping the, the whole thing. Um, and diamond's relationship with both retailers and with, um, the, um, The P word that I used about five seconds ago, and I just my brain has just fired it away. Um, <laughs> production houses um, uh, has been—I don't know, man. I would I would compare it to like a um, like an abusive relationship, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Diamond has done a lot of bad stuff in terms of restricting access to 
breaking into the industry um, uh, by small time uh, houses and by small time creators. Um, they don't, they refuse to uh, advertise your title in previews. Previews is like the, their big um, sale book. They send it to all the mm-hmm. retailers. The retailers look through it, choose what titles they want to order and how many, uh, and then, you know, uh, make their order. If you don't appear in previews, you do not make it into comic book stores. Um, you had to have $2,500 in sales uh, of your title before uh, you could get into previews. Of course, if you can't get into previews, there's absolutely no way for you to make $2,500 worth of sales, which is why there are, you know, four major comic studios and nobody else, basically. Um, Diamond, on the other hand, has also reached out and saved local comic book stores on occasion. It has literally bailed them out. They've bailed out... um, small production houses in the past um it's a they're a very mixed bag um and they're like rumor has i don't work at diamond right i don't know anybody that works at diamond but rumor has it that they're not particularly well run most of the time um you know they got dragged on the internet maybe four or five years ago because they advertised a position requiring windows 95 knowledge uh, because that's (laughs) what they were still using um i work in the tech industry and uh let me tell you listeners that you would be absolutely terrified uh at the level of technology that services that you require still attempt to maintain uh in particular (laughs) particularly i mean air traffic control basically runs on an atari so um So Diamond's has been this this kind of monopoly for a long time, and they got to be a monopoly because in the 80s, there were several production houses. Um, the big ones were Diamond, uh, Heroes World, and Capital City. Um, Marvel in the 80s um, uh, and early – I think actually this might have happened in the early 90s. Um, yeah, it was the 90s, I think. Um, they decided they didn't want to go through a distributor anymore. They wanted to do it themselves. So they bought Heroes World, rebranded it, uh, and did their own dis- distribution. Um, this was also right around the time when Marvel started to fail and almost went out of business. Uh, this was pre-MCU. Marvel's huge now. You know, like, they're gigantic. Everybody knows who Marvel is because of the MCU. They were purchased by Disney. You know, they make trillions of dollars or whatever. Um, they almost went out of business 20 years ago. Um, and they did it because of overspending and overcommitting on titles that weren't popular. We've talked on the show uh, uh, a lot about how all of us kind of drifted away from comics in the 90s because it was all hyper-violence and pouches. Um, we're not the only ones that did that. <laughs> Their sales went through the floor after after they did this. Also, um, let me ask a question really quick. Sure. Were they Did they get into financial trouble? predicated on becoming their own distribution point no it was just that was just another another um like straw on the camel's back basically yeah um feels like it was an over over overly committing and not really having the expertise to exactly you know deal with that investment are you trying to say that having multiple foil holographic covers didn't save comics in the 90s (laughs) (laughs) if everybody was like marty it would have (laughs) yeah i mean like honestly listen i haven't bought i haven't bought a foil cover in like 20 years because they haven't made for 20 years i did buy i did buy a die cut cover for a wolverine comic but that's it's a little different look here's here's where marvel went wrong okay i'm gonna tell you right now when they stopped having images like this headshots (laughs) in the upper left hand corner when they moved away from that all the comics became crap uh Anyway, 
Uh, so Marvel, uh, Marvel buys up Heroes World, leaving essentially two big ones, Diamond uh, and Capital City. They also pulled their business out of Diamond and Capital City, uh, which essentially caused Capital City to eventually go out of business, leaving only Diamond. And then Marvel decided they didn't want to publish anymore. So they went back with Diamond, leaving Diamond the only major publisher uh, for any of the major comic book studios. Distributor. So, sorry, yeah, yeah, distributor, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, fast forward uh, 20 years, uh, 2020, um, coronavirus hits. Diamond has trouble filling its orders because they have to send their workers home. Uh, DC, in order to uh, keep their comics running, reaches out to two very small, tiny distributors and, uh, you know, starts to share the burden. A couple of weeks ago, they announced that. Uh, they're canceling their order with Diamond, and uh, they are going permanently with these small distributors. So, um, it's kind of this has sent like some pretty big earthquakes through uh, the comic book publishing industry. Um, there are a lot of like you know, there's sort of the big questions are what's going to happen based on this, and why did they do it? Um, there are lots of people speculating with a lot of very crazy reasons as to why they did it. Um, uh, people think that. So, uh, not people, but, um, boy, I can't remember who was it. Um, uh, it was a, a, one of the, one of Marvel's writers, um, so uh, on Hulk, um, speculated that. No, 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 no. Um, it might've been Johns. Oh, Jeff Johns. Yeah. Um, Oh, he's, uh, he's exclusive to DC at this moment. I thought, um, I don't remember who it was. Okay. Um, so. His speculation was that um, DC was trying to kill Marvel. Uh, essentially, it was, it was attacking Marvel because without D- DC's business, it's reasonably possible that much like Capital City did in the 90s, Diamond will go out of business. Leave in Diamond is Marvel's only, public, uh, only distributor, uh, which will leave Marvel high and dry. I disagree with that wildly. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Marvel is backed by Disney. Marvel is in a position where they can do self-publishing now and they're not going to fail at it. Um, and and yeah. <laughs> realistically, they'd probably be better off. Um, so, but Diamond going down will, that would damage the industry. That's for sure. Um, as to what, you know, what's going to happen, who knows? You know, who knows? Um, this is my take on the whole thing. These are dinosaurs fighting for ter- territory when the comet is in the sky. Look, yeah. if you're uh, if you run a local comic book shop or you know you're a publisher, you need to start hanging out with young kids because people thirty years and under don't touch physical media. They act like they're allergic to it. They're glued to their tablets. They're glued to their phones. You know, they're glued to their TVs. They do not shop at local comic book stores and they never will. If you are a local comic book store owner, the thing you should be concerned about is not DC, you know, leaving diamond. The thing you need to be concerned about is that people are no longer going to buy physical comic books. The writing is on the wall. You need to start transitioning your business plan and your business model away from having that retail aspect be what keeps you afloat. Um, if comic book stores exist 10 years from now, they are going to, same as, same with game stores, you know, your local game store or, and, and you know, um, then your, your, your book retailers. If those places exist, they're going to exist as social clubs. They already exist as social clubs. So one of the things that, that, 
um, comic local comic book stores have been complaining about with Diamond for a really long time now is they've always been terrified that that Diamond is going to get access to their um, essentially all of the their, their their regular customer list, all the people that have regular orders with them, their pull box list, and then Diamond is just going to market directly to those people and cut the the retailers out of the picture. Look, retailers, you guys were cut out of the picture 20 years ago. People coming into your shops, they can get their comics easy, far more easily than going into your shops, delivered to their home cheaper already. If they're coming into your shops, it is because they are dedicated to your location and they're dedicated to the idea of community and they want to have that sort of social experience. And that is what you need to focus on because that's the only thing that is going to keep you in business for the next 10 years. Like, I'm sorry, man. Physical media is dying, right? Like it is already dead. Um, I mean, Tim, like Sharon, is works for newspapers, right? Yeah. Like, how hard is that these days? Oh, uh, the only aspect of the newspaper that makes money is her aspect, which is digital media. Yeah. Um, the 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 physical paper is just a. It, it this point, it's an, like an anachronism. It's not necessary. It's there. It's out there, and it's in the world because that's what the tradition is. But it, it's a loss leader. So yeah, local comic stores like they need to start focusing on the idea of that they are social experience and a community experience. Because if they focus on being a retailer, they're they're just going to go out of business. Um, yeah. Comic book readers, comic book fans, you need to start changing the the way you think about what you're willing to pay for because. Um, realistically, you're not going in there to buy comics. You're going in there for the experience and you're going to need to be able to be willing to pay for the experience and for the community. Like these things are going to become membership clubs or they're going to be gone. Yeah. The only, the only way I could see um, a comic book store <clears throat> being viable in the future, like it's a 10 years from now, isn't uh, as a social gathering place because I don't care about that either. <laughs> It it would be uh, it would be more like going to an antique uh, shop, yeah. Right. So if I wanted to find the first appearance of Wolverine because it means something to me, then I'll go and try to find Hulk one one sixty eight in my comic book antique store, or like a figurine of mm. the thing. I'll go yep. there. But yep. but my comics, I want to get on my twelve point nine inch iPad Pro because it's perfectly sized. I can get it instantly. I don't have to hunt for it. It's just there. And uh, I can get my new comics via my subscription every every Wednesday, every Monday. And there is room for maybe two or three of those specialty antique shops in any city. Yeah. I don't like Marty, Marty hates the future, I but... I still don't like it. <laughs> I like, I, I've embraced a lot of the... You know, like, I do a lot of digital things. I am not, like... I am not a Luddite. Um, there... You're 44. And I have read. What's that? You're 44. Yeah, I'm, I'm older. That being said, there are a lot of young people that come into the store when I am there, but I think they're not. I think you're right. Like, it's not like it's a, a way to, to turn the tide. Um, Comic book stores right you. now survive on whales. Like, that's, that's the only thing that keeps them afloat. Mm. And those are going to go away. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, there's a big push, a, a nostalgia push for creators. They all, during the, you know, in March and April and May, they were all doing work to keep up their locals and their favorites. But, um, 
I, the writing is on the wall. It's uh, that being that all being said, I don't like reading on a Kindle or an iPad for my regular books. I don't like, and I I do I do enjoy reading some of the Claremont stuff, but nothing beats picking up the old, picking up the paper for me. There, I mean, but there's I'm, an aspect of the physicality of it that I do enjoy, but I dramatically prefer reading comics digitally on my on my iPad now. Like I it is, I I don't like it on the phone. Phone is too small, but I, mm-hmm. an iPad is like. I mean, I might as well like that thing. Might as well just be a comic book reader. It is perfect. That's why mm-hmm. I bought an iPad is a comic book reader. But uh, Sharon brought home a twelve point nine inch iPad Pro as a test device. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna I'm gonna um, be able to get swing that um, just yet. But I don't know. Like the one thing. Where I will, you know, I concede, and I concede readily, is um, just the sheer number of physical paper books I currently have that I need to bag and board. At the same time, um, when C two E two, if C two when C two E two comes back, and creators are there, like I was telling Nick earlier today, I'm gonna try to get Chip to sign one of my books as his favorite Zadarsko employee and frame it somewhere. Um, but it's. I'm. I know I'm in the minority. As I get older, I have much more an aversion to collecting stuff. Like I really, it, it gives me some amount of anxiety. It gives because, me a yeah. lot of anxiety. If I have more stuff than I can put in my car and leave, I, I'm anxious all the time. Yeah. And I got I, a garage full of stuff that I just need to burn or take to the dump or something. Yeah. When the apocalypse comes and I need a couple of uh, days worth of firewood, guys, I am fucking set. You should like, not do that because the ink on that will kill you dead. <laughs> no, it's fine. But it's, it's the end of the world anyway. Like, Radiation, six, six heavy one metals, and half a dozen virus. You know, yeah. Take your pick. Yeah. But, no, I'm just hoping that, like, well, like, I literally... Just the other day, and so only our streamers are going to see this. Well, maybe I did take a picture of it so I can put it up on the stream. But I just bought. Nobody can see the, that, Marty. Actually, oh, I can kind of see it. No, it's your background, see. man. It's your background. We can't see yeah. anything because of your background. I know. If I could delete, like, for, I, I thought those backgrounds were cool for the first week, and if I could delete that functionality from Zoom, I would get rid of it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I will now share it better, dude. You know, that's like, sweet. What? Kids, run right? from a giant head. Yeah. Run from the child. Run from the, the, the person that turned you into child soldiers. Um, like this That is, is like the best expression of Xavier ever right there. <laughs> that is like yeah. the most accurate thing. Um, but yeah. like disdain I, for Xavier is well noted. <laughs> well, he the only one. Shit. Um, but for the listeners, I just held up. I just bought a copy of the new mutants um issue number one signed by bob mcleod and chris claremont um and i'm an avengers uh person i love my avengers um but i had to have it and like i got a fucking deal on it from my store because i go there all the time but that's you know i get it physical but that, media that's what i'm talking about that yeah. is an antique you went antiquing for in fact which you is can't totally read cool it. it's sealed up in a plastic you know what's it's which yeah, is totally I read, cool. And I read don't, it. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I do not want to bash in any way collectors or people that, that run local comic book stores. Um, I love local comic book stores. Like, I like collectors. 
like my friend Adam is a collector. I love looking at the, at the crazy stuff that he has. It's cool, right? Like you're looking at history. That's cool. Um, but it is not going to be a viable business model in the future. No. Nope. If, you, if you look and, behind me, yeah. if you look behind me in my background, you can see collector stuff. I got the shield. I got Mazinga. A friend of mine made that wood uh, burn from uh, the show Kingdom on Netflix. So fantastic. And then right where my finger is tracing, those are all my comics. It's like maybe there's 70. And that's I, can't it. Watch, I can't watch that show. It's too intense for me. Oh, it's so good, though. <laughs> I, I, I recognize that. Yeah. Kingdom on, on Netflix. It is, it's, uh, so it's, it's a period Korean um, zombie. And the I cinematography is so good. Yeah. And the acting is so good. Uh, uh, okay. Listeners, if you are not uh, uh, kind of delving into Korean cinema and television, uh, you're missing out, man. They are killing it. Let's move on to what we've been reading this week. And I should, I feel the need to point out like all that conversation about me not wanting to read a digital comic. I read that comic on my iPad uh, mini. So, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, what have you guys been reading? All right. So here's a weird thing about uh, comics. Um, this uh, week, uh, Marvel Unlimited only released four comics digitally and uh speculation on reddit was that this is when we saw the dip in um in production of comics mm, so that's what mm. they had to provide and so really they only had four comics out it was something called incoming dr strange number oh. one spider ham number one and venom number one and then there's a bunch of shovelware that they just published today some you know old 1940s comics which i don't read um mm. so i read Incoming, number one, Doctor Strange, number one, uh, Peter Porker, <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Ham, number one, and uh, Venom, number one. Or, sorry, Venom, number 21. Is that the beginning uh, of the Spider Island? Or uh, Venom Island? It is. It is. Yeah. And it was bad. I hated it. Don't read that book. <laughs> um, and then I read Spider-Ham, number one. It was fine. It was kind of funny. Uh, you can You can read that book if you have spare time. Uh, Doctor Strange number one, really good, really good. You should definitely read that book. Doctor and incoming number one, huh? Uh, we'll I'll come back. We'll come back to this Doctor Strange. We'll talk about incoming because it's on my on my nightstand right now. So incoming's weird, right? It's a, a murder mystery that's spanning oh. the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting involved somehow, and I it's some sort of setup for a huge story arc. Um. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to make of it. It's it, the first issue is just fun because it is spanning a bunch of different uh, characters, and a bunch of different creators are involved. So once once the baton gets passed from one character to another to try to figure out what's going on, you get a new creative team. That's fun. Uh, number one issue number one uh, spans ninety one pages, so it's a, it's a it's you know an hour or two. They did that yeah. with an episode with an, an episode an issue of Miss Marvel. Um... A while back, which actually I think it might be what landed Ahmed the the job because he did uh, he was one of the creators that did part of the shared comic. Mm. This kind of stuff is always fun. It's gimmicky as hell, but I I don't mind. I like it. And I don't. In, in the 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 pull title, the pull quote is "The future begins here." Right. Yep. I don't know what it, I don't know. What the, I don't. 
I don't know what that means. I I'm do. not, I'm not as plugged into the community. I'm not like a CDDC person or, or they call that your con over there in Chicago. C2E2? C2E2. CTDC is my technology group in Chennai, India. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not as involved so yeah. in that, on that level. So you might have some insight. You might know what's going to happen because this is six months uh, ago. I do. Um, Although uh, the Rona is what delayed it. Um, and X Twitter and um, Young Avengers Twitter is going went nuts about what's going to happen next and what happens next is the empire event where emperor hulkling so we do get to see that the murder victim is a kree it's one of so-called pink kree which look exactly like humans um so yeah it's 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 a lead up we do know that the kree and the uh the shape-shifting um scroll kind of form together to become one society um, and they're going to fight some big menacing thing because it's going to menace everything. Maybe After that big, a, like 20,000 years of warfare or something yeah. like that there. Yeah. Yep. Both their planets have been devastated or something. And yep. they're both like, we're like we're, multiple times by each other. <laughs> yeah. But I think something else like came around, just messed them up real bad. So they're like, you know what? Yeah. We've been fighting for a millennia, but, uh, we know each other. This thing is threatening both of us. Let's, come together i think it's i think it's null no okay do you guys remember the giant marvel storyline like four years ago that ended the universe and then like the giant marvel storyline like two years ago that ended the universe no (laughs) come on guys give us some different stakes um so in this particular what's what's going on here is that yes the the kree galaxy and the scroll galaxy because they all live in different galaxies which is Mind blowing to me. Once, once the minute you understand like how large galaxies are, um, we're going to see uh, Teddy, who is half Skrull, half Cree, unite both, both uh, unite the main factions of both people, and then go to war with Earth. And they're on their way now. Teddy's they half ask Kree? so much of us mm-hmm. to suspend disbelief when we can see that species from other galaxies can mate and create a life. Yeah. They ask so much of us. That is a that is a hand wave that I'm happy to do though. <laughs> yeah. If we're if we've been cool with half elves for forever, we're, we should be okay with, you know, same planet at least. Same that's biological that's basis for evolution. No. Um uh yeah, I didn't know Teddy was half Cree. Actually, I didn't know that either. I thought he was just a scroll that liked to mess around with his template. Yeah. Uh, nope. Uh, the Emperor's daughter, Princess Anel, conceived a child with Captain Marvell. Oh. Hmm. All right. And yeah, uh, Anel was drawn um, like an Orion from Star Trek. So. It is very easy. If you started reading comics in like, you know, I don't know, the 90s and later, um, it is incredibly easy to to underestimate the um, massive amount of impact that Marvel had on the overall Marvel universe. Yeah. I For all of my love of all things Marvel, I have read very, very little of the original Captain Marvel. It's old, you know. Um, mm. You start, I, I you did, start yeah. to read about Marvel and you go, this is boring. 
I'm definitely going to read more about Adam Warlock, mm-hmm. Magnus, and Thanos. Yeah. Really, like, Marvel was kind of boring. Here, here's the thing: to make Marvel more exciting, he got bonded with Rick Jones. What's something that's going to make me no part of a comic book? Rick Jones. I, with like, the exception of yeah. the Immortal Hulk. Yes, the exception of the Immortal the Hulk. But so the that's why Hulk Alex is the exception yeah. most things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I feel bad I, for Rick Jones. Like, man, that guy's been through more than anybody. <laughs> He's yeah, like the original really fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. OG fanboy Rick Jones. He's compared with uh, the Hulk originally. Then Captain uh, America. Captain America. Didn't he run around with Hercules for a while? I think Hercules. that's true. Marvel. Uh, I he was thought he was associated own, with the Fantastic Four. Yeah. He was his just, own guy just, as A-Bomb. Terrible Straight Hulk up the clone. Avengers. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. It's weird. Oh, he uh, became like an Oracle-like hacker dude for some reason. Yep. Even though he never oh. exhibited any powers of inclination like that before. Yeah, they even they even said as much. Like you never had this inclination <laughs> before, and like yeah, some of the some weird power from something, and you're just like, given that Rick Jones has had every single power at some point and then taken away. Oh, okay. I want to I want to do a four issue run that's just Rick Jones going to therapy. Yeah. Uh, like Heroes in Crisis, but for Marvel. Yeah. Um, what about you, Nick? What have you been reading lately? I have been reading The Amazing Spider-Man issues one through six from 1963. Wow. Oh, oh. Wow. That's when he had uh, spider webs under his arms. Um, not originally. That that was like a late, that was like a brief edition a little bit later. But yeah. It comes in and out. Yeah. Um it's the introduction of just a massive amount of characters. So like the classic Spider-Man villains that we think about today, most of them were introduced in like the first 12 issues of that book. Um, Wild. Yeah. Um, Sandman, Rhino, Doc Ock, Vulture. Vulture is number one. Um, The, the, um, God, I can't remember. Mysterio, definitely Um, lizard, um, chameleon. Um, The four guys that, that Montana, um, yeah, those guys. I can't remember. I can never remember their name. The guy with the whip and oh yeah, those guys. I... Those clowns. Um, they're so sea level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they're, and they're one of his first. Flick him in the chin and knock him they're, out. They're they're one of his first villains. Ox. Yep, Ox. Ox Montana. Um, and then the two Slick, other guys. Slick Rick, yeah. Slicky. Yeah, something like slippery that. Slippery eel. The guy with a suit that, that like know. has knives and stuff. Um, it's basically fun. The, basically the mob. It's fun, but it, it's interesting. Like, because reading it now, it's really an examination of what people thought nerds were in the 60s. Um, Was like, this a Steve Ditko era? You know what? I don't know. 63. I feel like that's Ditko. I feel like it is, too. Yes. Thank you. When I search for Amazing Spider-Man Google, the 2012 film is definitely the thing that I want to see first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ditko. I feel so smart. Um, It's also amazing, honestly, how little a lot of these character designs have changed over the years. Like, the art is sharpened up. Um, you know, partially because print quality is way better now, but um, 
Spidey really hasn't changed all that much in design. They've tried. They've tried to evolve it, but it's just it's so classic a design. Um, So my favorite was Green Goblin uh, because it is very obvious that they did not have a plan for who Green Goblin actually was in the first (laughs) issue that he shows up. Um, You see him, you know, wearing a suit. He like puts on a business suit at the end, right? But like, uh, every single man in the in a comic book in the '60s was wearing a suit, basically, when they're just like um, walking down the street, you know, like. I understand in the fifties, that was just like what you wore if you didn't want to be immediately identified as blue collar. Um, but yeah, man, everybody in the comics up through the eighties was just did, wearing. Did everyone suits. in 1960s wear a suit in New York? Uh, yeah. I think that it was going out then like that is when it was going out because that is when other things were, were starting to come in. The beatniks were, were around then, you know, the hippies started to be around then people started to wear t-shirts and, and bell bottoms Mm. and stuff like that. Um, but the sixties was a, was like a gigantic fashion, um, like shift in America. Yeah. That's what I've been reading. Um, you know, not a lot of commentary other than it's, 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 really a study in how the world has changed in the last um, 60 years uh, to go back and read that stuff. Um, do, do you find the writing style to be more similar to Claremont, which is very wordy or more minimalistic, which is sort of kind of today? Neither. Um, it is, it's in between. It is more wordy than, um, than today, but um it's, you know, it's a lot of, you know, um, I will get you Spider-Man with five exclamation points, you know. Um, so the motivation of the villains was was very um, two dimensional. Yeah, it was a very, yeah, weak. Um, they were villains were often villains to be villains, um, <clears throat> you know, and there are certainly some exceptions, like not all of them. Well, sort of one of the best parts of Spider-Man was that um, not every villain was out to take over the world. Most of them just like wanted a quick buck um it was a it was a much more sort of realistic look at criminals and, and by realistic i mean in no way shape or form realistic um but <laughs> but you know it, it was not dr doom oh he also uh encounters dr doom um oh. very quickly that's it i did not actually know that that's yeah. interesting i always awesome. think of doc doom as strictly a fantastic four veil and especially uh, of that of that time so spidey meets the fantastic four very quickly within the first five or 10 issues or something like that. He gets hooked up with the fantastic four fast. His motivation is that he's also super broke. Not that's like why. Everyone, and he that's wants why. to join the FF to get paid. And yeah. Like, he, it's like, really do that. It's, I think it's actually issue one. He breaks into Baxter tower and is like, I'm Spider-Man. I broke in here to demonstrate to you how cool I am. Now give me a job. And they're all they're like, like, we're going to stick you in a glass <laughs> like, tube, stupid. No, well, they were like, we're a charity, man. We don't have employees <laughs> or money. <laughs> Which is when he goes and, um, you know, starts uh, doing other, like trying to get uh, work at the paper and stuff. He should have tried to join the Avengers. Many years later. Yep. They only started paying in the Avengers like... And the Hickman, uh, like shortly. Well, I don't know when they started paying with the Avengers. That is a question that I'm going to research. I'm going to find out what did I the feel Avengers like start making money. Funded the Avengers relatively early on, somewhere in the seventies. He funded them, but, but people weren't like drawing a salary. It was more like you could live at the mansion and like they'd feed you yeah. and stuff like that. Hang with Jarvis. 
I mean, pretty you're much gear. the only yeah. heroes that were getting paid salaries back then were, you know, uh, Luke and Danny, right? Mm-hmm. Heroes for hire. Uh, and like Mr. Fantastic funded everything with his patents until yeah. his accountant ripped him off, which, <laughs> which I still love so much. Most effective uh, Fantastic Four oh supervillain ever, their accountant. Yeah, it's the accountant. It's so great. And also like the spinoff was like, yeah, I'd put money aside in your account. So Ben, so that you wouldn't have to worry about money in case something happened to us. And Ben's like, I'm rich, <laughs> which, yeah. Um, well, I didn't read any Fantastic Four comics. I ended up reading the, la- the the last couple issues of Sex Criminals. It nope. is coming to an end. Hmm. So I should catch up. I think I've got the first four trades. You can only have so much sex, and then you're like, you know what? Only so tired, much sex and so many criminals. Um, but it's uh, they had a whole like it's it's really interesting because they took a long break and basically. Fraction and Zadarsky are talking about they didn't really like they're building up to this huge bank heist and then they were both like we don't care about the bank heist we care about what happens afterward so they skipped the bank heist <laughs> and amazing. we see some of the stuff that happens afterward um, and we're we're coming close to it being over and wrapping up like why are these people why do these people have powers why is Badal the bank guy such a villain what's going on here um, what's going on with John and Susie What's going on with John and Susie? That is the most important storyline um, that I care about. And also, like, honestly, I don't always read the back the back material. I always skim it, but I don't always read it. I always read the sex criminals back material. <laughs> it is so much fun. It is so empathic and, like, a lot of care in that community. Uh, Brimpers are fucking badass, guys. Brimpers are cool. Honestly, any book that Zadarsky is involved with, you should read both the forward and anything included yeah. in, in the yeah. end of the book. Yeah. Oh, and it's sweets. great. Read his tweets. And his tweets. And his tweets. And his Yeah. He's just, he's crushing it. And um, like, what's great about the, in the, the back material, I just wanted to bring it up. Um, Fraction was like say, saying just how wonderful it's been to work with Chip and how he sharpened his ability to write and like work with other artists and like to see things. And it's just really wonderfully kind thing to say and immediately after chip says all artists are trash they will follow my directions <laughs> to the letter it's like oh it's so good oh, um yeah. i have also been catching up on my x books um and i don't want to give anything away but marauders number 10 came out a couple weeks ago and marauders i have been boring. noodling at it marauders is like i need to start that Marauders, Marauders, is, so Marauders is so good. Marauders yeah. and New Mutants and X Men. That's all you need to read. Forget all the Tim, rest. Uh, well, Nick noped out of New Mutants, but like no, no X Men. Uh, X Men is X-Men, the one I noped X-Men. out of. Yeah, you can. You should start picking it up again after like issue five. I think that's when it picks up its own storyline. Um, yeah, but maybe. We'll, wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't just read up um, it on the Marvel Unlimited, so you don't spend more money. But that's what I tried. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll the, definitely I get, get it. Yeah. I get your angst. I understand where you're coming from, but it, if you can overlook the editorial stupidity, it's not bad. Yeah, I, I'm going to dig into New Mutants and Marauders, and if those, if dig they, if, if they really hook me, then I'll probably go back to X Men. If you love the X-Men, though, and you don't care about characters you don't know, then definitely go for Marauders. 
like if you had to boil everything down, the new mutants books are. Yeah. But Marauders <laughs> is my favorite. Um, more than new mutants. And I love the new mutants, uh, but Marauders is great. And uh, we are getting to this point where the white queen is being, you know, like Sebastian Shaw, Sebastian Shaw is like destroying what she has. And uh, the, uh, the Russians are gearing up with anti mutant powered weapons that stem back all the way from the 1983 X-Men series with forge creating anti mutant weaponry. Um, like what it's so great um and it's a really sad book too because someone dies and uh they might actually really be dead for right now although it's really weird and i don't understand what's going on with that book but with that death but it's it's great marauders is like poor lockheed poor well i'm not going to reveal anything about lockheed we All know I'm who dies. Is, we know who dies in Marauders. Well, you know, I don't. I Nick, don't know who dies in Marauders. Know. We in the world it's, that Nick is not a part of knows who dies in Marauders. I mean, I do now. No, I don't care. No, well, I, I, I don't care about. I don't care about spoilers. I I, I uniformly do not care about spoilers. I I care, so I won't do it to anybody else. But like, it's it's great. I've got a question. And someone had sure. uh, floated this as a theory, and I think it's really an interesting theory. And this is a minor spoiler, but Kitty Pride is the queen of the ship to do the Marauder stuff because she can mm-hmm. never go to Krakoa. Every time she tries to walk through the gate, bam, she hits her nose, broken nose, blood, etc. A fan, not one of our fans, a fan in the world, speculated that uh, we don't have that many. You're not listening to us. Uh, a fan speculated that uh, Kitty Pride was never a mutant. No, she might but be she's a human. Inhuman. She might be a human mutate, like the Fantastic Four, but she's not a mutant, and that's why Krakoa won't let her through. So Krakoa won't let her through a gate, but she can still walk on Krakoa. Anyone can walk onto Krakoa. Yeah, anyone, but she can't go through a gate. She can't go through. Only mutants can go through the gate. Well, not all mutants can go. Krakoa can say you can't go through the gate. Krakoa can let non-mutants through the gate if it want, if you wanted to. Um, but the way it's set up, the rule is yeah. if you're a mutant, you get to go through. Except with your kitty pride. And again, there's that theory out there that she all this time. You know why? You know why Krakoa won't let her through? I do not know. It's because Kitty Pride might accidentally stumble upon Moira, who everyone thinks is still dead. She's Why would she out. have more access to Moira than anyone else? Because she, she can face. walls. There's plenty of moons that could do stuff like that, probably. Or all of the psychics that can read everybody the on the island's minds. Or yeah. so the teleport. Yeah, like the teleporters are. The teleporters could do it, like Nightcrawler could. Um, I don't know how many other mutants can phase. The only other character I could think of off the top of my head. Is there, there are there are mutants that we know about, all one hundred of them, and then there's tens of thousands <laughs> of mutants that we don't know about, right? Oh no, there's they're bringing back literally all the mutants that were massacred in Genosha. No, I'm just saying like, there are yeah. mutants that we don't know about and their power sets because there are literally <laughs> millions of mutants. I'm a mutant, and my only power is to unfailingly find Moira McTaggart wherever she is. <laughs> right? I'm a mutant. <laughs> well, they won't let my mutation means I get cancer easier. 
Yeah. Can I go yeah, through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also the, yeah. <laughs> the only other thing is like the uh, no no precogs are allowed on Krakoa. Yeah, because they will Telepath see Moira's here. future. Yeah. So, so for all the precogs, you're like, well, what about us? Yeah, tough. Go join uh, Doctor Doom's Island. That's going to be bad because uh, yeah, that's going to end poorly. But I do want to say one other thing. Krakoa has a retirement community. <laughs> Krakoa has a part of Krakoa called Rio Verde in Arizona. And that is where mutants and a, and a handful of humans can just live in retirement bliss. That's I great. I'd rather live on the island of Krakoa and retire there than fucking Arizona. It's more dangerous, to be honest. Like, th- think about like being a mutant in that, in that, in the Marvel universe, right? Knowing what happened to Genosha. Um, I mean, that was like the big thing that they had to fight against in the beginning. Nobody wanted to yeah. go there because at last time mutants gathered, they all got slaughtered, right? So, yeah, like, I hear what you're saying. Time, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. On the other hand, in our Earth 404, there are racist uh, placards being set up in Arizona right now. Yeah, true. No, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm just saying, Arizona, maybe not a great place if you're a minority. This is true. Um, the only difference is in, in, in Earth 616. Um, anytime those people try to fuck with the mutants, they get oh, laser in the face, lasers to the face or R- things. Rock to fist punch. And also, uh, Corey on Twitch is saying also co- Arizona is having a massive COVID outbreak, not a place to be. This is true. It's also really hot there Hi, and Corey. full of racists. So I wouldn't want to go to Arizona. I've been to Arizona. I don't need to go again. I was there once. Sorry, Corey. Tucson dog. My friend, Corey, my friend Corey lives in Phoenix. He also does not like Arizona very much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I read that uh, Marauders number. I reread Marauders number 10 just because like I really dig Jerry Duggan and I really love the, the work. And uh, Sex Criminals, it's coming to an end, guys. It's a uh, end of an era. So. Yeah. But that's it. That's all I got. I've got some, um, before we go, I do want to know, are you guys planning on reading anything over the longish weekend? Um, you know, I'll probably crack into Marauders or, and, um, mm-hmm. New Mutants. No particular plans except perhaps Kingdom Come. Yeah. Dot, I, dot. I have Sentient, Bog Bodies, and November Girl. Um, and I can only bring one or two of them. So I don't know what I'm bringing. I too have a sentient bog body. Now, sentient bog body is my band. We're a bluegrass band, bluegrass techno. My brain just spit up um, a whole bunch of uh, responses to what you guys have said throughout the show um, all at once. So I'm going to listen wow. to that now. Um, okay. One, um, I. I actually disagree with the people on Reddit, Tim. I don't think that um, the four comics is because when this is when the slowdown hit, uh, the timeline doesn't match up. Um, mm. Marvel Universe is six months ahead. Uh, six months ago, uh, people hadn't even heard of COVID. Uh, what I think is happening mm. is that Marvel is reducing the number that they're releasing every month in order to minimize the dramatic drop off for when COVID. That makes uh, sense. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. It doesn't make me feel great. Yeah. I'm used to seeing 20 new titles or 15 new titles. When I saw four, I was like, oh, man, the comics. Um, 
and I love sex criminals. I love one of the reasons I love sex criminals is that um, I started reading sex criminals at the same time as Saga, um, and I've dropped off of Saga for reasons I think I've talked about on the show a little bit, which is that yeah. I feel like Saga just turned into tragedy porn. Um, it wasn't fun to read. Um, whereas sex criminals, a lot of dramatic bad things happen to them, but it never turns into tragedy porn. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know, I never really dug that deeply into sex criminals. I think I read a couple of issues of volume one. Uh, it's probably on Hoopla, which is a service that I really enjoy that Marty can't use. Uh, so I might uh, give that a go this long weekend. Every week, every week. So I recommend it. Um, so the first, the first trade is like, Oh, this is fun and cute, you know? Um, but mm-hmm. trade two is like, Oh, they're doing some like kind of deep examination of human interrelationship stuff here. Like it's cool. I, I cannot tell you the number of multiple covers that I own of sex criminals, including the time magazine cover that at the time Shannon worked at time magazine. And so she did me a favor and would put the time magazine cover on the time magazines and took pictures of it as if it was a real thing. It was hilarious. Um, This has been All Comics Considered. Excuse me. The all-new, all-different All Comics Considered. The comic book podcast that still has a heart of gold. If you like what you've heard, you can always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio.com, wherever you got the show. If you really, really want to do us a favor, leave us a like and a review wherever you got this podcast. It helps the algorithms feed the algorithm. But if you want to do something else and say, like, buy me a beer, like, for instance, my favorite, which is Zombie Dust by Three Floyds Brewing out in Indiana. Uh, put your tongue back in your mouth when I talk about it. IPAs are the devil's beer. This is a good one. Trust me. Um, you'll have to come back out here and I'll take you there. Um, anyway, you, you can buy me a beer or you can buy Dick and Tim Weed. If you submit to the <laughs> patreon.com slash all comics considered that way you can, and oh, every boy. dollar that is not spent on our vices is goes back into building our community. And I'll be blunt. All of the money goes back into building the community because we like, we like y'all. Uh, so if you like what you've heard, rate and review us, drop us a line over on patreon.com. Uh, and also, if you want to wear stuff that Tim has designed, uh, we've got merch over at tpublic.com, all comics considered, where we have fun hats. Uh, you can buy masks with our logo on it, which is super cool. And just, you know, really cool baseball tees, because that's the style we should all be in forever, the baseball team. If we made a mistake, you can always let us know at lockshotallcomicsconsidered.com. Don't believe me? Shoot me an email at that address, and I'll get back to you as soon as we can. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have some new interviews and uh, continue our deep dive format. Um, apologize for the delay in the episode from the other week, but we had technical difficulties, and we're redoing that at show, and it's going to be even better than the last time. As we're going to have um, our, but- uh, our one sometimes correspondent, Kat Leo, on the show. Everything works out. Uh, 
But that's all I have, and I am Marty. You can find me at Officer Gleason on Twitter and also running the All Comics Concerned Facebook page. No, Twitter page at All Comics Cast. I don't do our Facebook page often. I'm Legally Nick Fury. I'm Producer Tim. You can find me on Twitter at ApeStyle and uh, Manning the Helm at the uh, All Comics Considered Facebook page, although Marty does uh, contribute there once in a while as well. Um, and we're brought to you proudly by the uh, Oracle Network. And remember, podcast listeners and action heroes, if you want to level up, you got to go on an adventure. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.